What's that? Whispers in the dark? Footsteps in the hall when you are the only one home? Something's breathing from inside your closet. We all know what it's like to be scared and alone. Your heart races, your breath catches in your chest. Your knees feel weak. It's a lot like being at a Rick Springfield concert in the 80s. Today we speak with two guests who know these feelings all too well. Rick Springfield's fan club advisor, Dean Hagland, is here. He's also the host of Scared and Alone, and paranormalist and author, Lady Anne, share some stories of supernatural horror. That's next here on The Best in Paranormal Programming. This is the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't know. He doesn't stand for baloney. Sounds like a lot of supernatural baloney to me. Supernatural, perhaps. Baloney, perhaps not. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. This is the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. My first guest, Dean Hagland, is known the world over as Langley, one of the lone gunmen from the hit TV series, the Lone Gunman, and The X-Files. And he played that for over nine seasons on the Fox TV series. A longtime improvisational comedian, Dean got his start in the renowned Vancouver Theater Sports League. He's performed with the Groundlings and Second City. He's headlined numerous comedy clubs and is a regular performer at the Improv in Los Angeles. This is a good show to visit with us because it's been a while since I've talked with Dean on the air, and I'm glad that he's here with us this evening. Dean is the executive producer and star of the documentary film, The Truth is Out There. He's currently the host of the weekly podcast, The Chill Pack Hollywood Hour, and the online series, Scared and Alone. Dean Haglin is someone I'd like to call my friend, but due to certain legal proceedings, I'm not no longer allowed to do that, nor be within one hundred yards of Mr. Hagland, but he's still here with us because we're in a safe distance. How you doing, Dean? Great, Dave. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, buddy. I forgot all about that uh, uh, restriction. That, that, <laughs> that restraining order. Boy, God, you you know, yeah. you, you have one or, one or two weird interactions with a celebrity <laughs> and they get all bizarre on you. Which, I know. Which well, hey, me, you know, lawyer's recommendation. Are you as pissed off as I am that Amber Heard and Johnny Depp are getting all of this attention? When I pooped on your bed at the Queen Mary 10 years ago, nobody even spoke about it. Nobody even spoke about it. I know. And I said to everyone, you know what Schrader does? Just poop on the bed down by my feet under the sheets so I don't see it till my bare toes are in it. Hey, buddy, it is so good to catch up with you. I'm glad we got a chance to see each other at Michigan Paracon last year. You came on and did your 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 show and allowed me to be up on stage with you having some fun. And that was a lot of fun. Oh, my God. Uh, you were hilarious for those who didn't no, see it. You, you were, were hilarious. You just make me look good. That's the way it works. <laughs> well, kind of, kind of, of the way you covered Duchovny on the uh, X-Files, too. <laughs> you just carried that, that I heavy carried weight. That yeah, I yeah. Uh, My back hurts from all that heavy lifting. <laughs> I know it's going to sound weird, but people are interested. I've mentioned it on the show in the past. How can they still order a copy of that comedy bit that you did at the uh, Michigan Paracon? Yes. Uh, you know where you can do that? I think uh, I had it up at my uh, Facebook page okay. uh, as, a, as a little link to sell through my little store. But well, I'll I, tell you what. We will put there. a link for it on today's show so Just, that you can go find it and order it, and then you can watch the comic stylings of Dean Hagland and Dave Schrader. Uh, we had a great time. <laughs> we had a really good time did. with that. This is a, a cool series. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Scared and Alone live. Yeah. Isn't this something? This uh, this started uh, quite by accident, actually, because uh, 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 the producers, Rob and Christina, mm -hmm. whom you know, uh, they said, hey, there's uh, an international... Uh, ghost hunt day 
Uh, <laughs> it's just the international high sign for ghost yeah, hunt day running in place. All those ghost hunting shows. They're always. Doing I thought that. that was uh, how to milk a cow. Nope, that is international <laughs> ghost hunting day. Well, yeah, you got to have an international like, oh, I'm hunting. Yeah, I, I guess. I didn't but, know those uh, the... <laughs> so it was like we did. I think I did two hours, three hours live mm-hmm. uh, talking wow. to people because I got an, another show coming out called This Old Haunted House of people who renovate haunted houses uh fun because you know i also a handyman this is i built a steam room back there dave my own steam room behind that wall i know fancy i know four hours of youtube videos a day and i like ah i could do this and now it's operational there see i watch those same videos and i go ah i can hire somebody to do that (laughs) (laughs) now i know dean Haglin is my guy when i want a steam room i'm calling him gonna have put one in (laughs) <laughs> I got you know some leftover parts, so yeah, for sure. Oh, that always goes well. <laughs> yeah, some I, I don't know. Elbow bend pipe, and uh, I got some smoke. Well, that some spray smoke. <laughs> some it just gives you that sense without the commitment of having to be part of a steam. The room. steam is just my hot breath as I'm actually doing another podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, Good but comedy. getting back to scared and alone, we mm-hmm. uh, uh, four of us, uh, Courtney Buckley who was by herself in a haunted mansion with just her uh, phone and her K2 meter. We're walking around while me, uh, Sloan, um, uh, you know, David Sloan. uh, I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, Michelle Haley, the, um, with all her psychic dolls. And, uh, and then it was Richard Lil Lillard, of course, the gentleman psychic, the four of us, we're kind of doing this thing and it was just such great chemistry and it was like talking to everybody. It was like lots of fun. It was like also terrorizing because poor Courtney Buckley, the bravest woman in paranoia sits by herself shivering in these freezing houses. Cause a lot of them, they don't bother turning on the heat. So she's ice cold. You see her breath, uh, weird things happen and weird things happen electronically for each of us where lights will go out. For me, my robot vacuum starts up in the middle of the show, just starts vacuuming all through the studio. I have to- Why don't we do this? We've got a clip from one of your episodes. Oh yeah. It goes over this. Let's show it. (laughs) The front red door is right here. Right. So something's, uh, sorry, something's, uh, dribbling. It's not raining in Michigan, but I got something going on in my place. I'm sorry. This is called scaring alone because each of us are alone in our own locations and something <laughs> weird happens in all our locations. Something just weird. I have yeah. a really like a heavy feeling right now. I don't know what Me it is. Me too. Yeah. Right? Something. I don't know if it's a room you're in, Courtney, and I know there was fun times there and tragic times. I don't know if those energies are mixing right now or something, but it's I feel so it, off. It's know. like a yeah. strong anxiety, like almost like yeah. something setting on top of your chest. Mm-hmm. I'm getting For very me. lightheaded. Yeah. Like uh, that anxiety, light, lightheaded, like. I'm just, getting that too. I'd like, it, it feels like my ceiling's caving in on me. <laughs> and then I will, uh, I'll pop back in when I get down there. Hmm. Dean, I don't hear you. I don't hear him either. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh my uh, God, Dean, the Roomba! Where's we the can't Roomba? hear you. We, we can't hear you. It, it's it, a mime is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at reading lips, so I can just translate the whole time. Can you? <laughs> I'm really good at it. I swear. Wait, well, okay. I, I, we he said, hear- "Can you hear me now?" No, we can't hear you now. We can't hear you at all. Do you know what it is? I know what it is. Witch, witch. <laughs> well, actually, to be fair, to be fair, I, I can see several witches. So maybe that's maybe that's what it is. One, two, three, four. Anybody five. hear me? Now welcome back. Oh my gosh. And all my hard drives just kicked off. It said disk did not eject properly. I have six auxiliary hard drives. All of them just ejected as soon as 
What? What the hell? <laughs> oh, okay. You know what? This is now third, the, the third or fourth uh, computer anomaly that's happened with this show. I'm going to start charging the show for all <laughs> my computer. This is ridiculous. I got a robot that is on mind of its own. I now just wasted six hard drives. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I have to tell you, when I when I yelled the Roomba, your face was the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Which is weird. It's not even a Roomba brand. It's a Samsung. It's in the Samsung family. You think the hardware, the software would be, but no, this room, the Samsung robot vacuum is now its own entity. And I, I, I'm too scared to throw it in the garbage. I, <laughs> I can't reprogram it, and it just sort of wanders around myself <laughs> when I'm not here. That's Put a Ouija it. board on the floor. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, yeah, a satanic Samsung robot vacuum. Fantastic. <laughs> this show, you know what? I don't know if I should host it anymore. I'm really... <laughs> I absolutely love that. I love that you're able to just riff and use your comic stylings and improv to just be a part of every moment. But I'm a little worried about the possessed robot vacuum cleaner. Oh, yeah. I'll come into the studio. It'll be parked somewhere. Doesn't even vacuum the whole thing. Doesn't get back to a charging <laughs> thing. And and that was uh, Courtney's joke, right? I should just place a, a giant Ouija board. And then every day, it's another letter that the Samsung robot from hell is trying to communicate with me. Uh, <laughs> I think I it's what's obvious to me, being a parent of so many children, is that somehow your vacuum has been um, possessed by the spirit of a teenager because it only does half the work and, and usually doesn't want to be seen by you, only comes out when you're not home. That's what my guess would be. I'm no, uh, I'm no expert on this subject, but I That's would say funny, that, that might be it. Uh, hey, I was excited. Of the show. Oh, hey, look yeah, at that. Definitely. Yeah, I wanted to just pop up because our friend Jamie Kaler, yeah. who is a regular contributor to this show, or as we like to call him, I'll do anything for a dollar, Kaler. Uh, <laughs> good to see that you guys are working on a project together. And uh, yeah. I was excited to see you guys pop up on this. So when I sent him a message saying you were going to be on, he's like, oh, my God, I love that guy. Uh, fantastic. Yeah, Jamie's such a great guy. And uh, we that movie was called The Lady Killers, mm -hmm. uh, a uh, dark, dark comedy uh, that uh, came out. I think it's we we have a sales agent who's uh, getting it out shopping there, it, so, yeah, shopping it yeah. around. So so <laughs> once uh, once we know more about it, I'll come back on the show and tell you all about it. I just want anybody to know that might be hard of hearing or deaf. If you watch the show in hopes that what Dean is telling you is sign language, it is not. He is making up. We are. We're going to be. Uh, they're taking it out and they're shopping. The <laughs> you know. Not they're, be, they're, but yeah. Yeah. You know, you I'm not paranormal. That ghost hunting. Yeah, ghost hunting. Hallway ghost hunting. Oh my god! Being scared and alone. Now, being scared and alone, putting these people in, and now do you always have just one person that goes off and does the investigation while the rest of you are kind of sitting back watching and mystery yeah. science 3 king them or what? Kind of, but it's um, because it's live and it's interactive, uh, anybody watching can participate. So we have uh, regular people who will get into the chat and start going, oh, I'm sensing this or I see that. And then we have, uh, you know, stop the camera. There's been a couple times like people have seen either movement behind Courtney. And mostly it's been Courtney because she's uh, accessible. But a couple of times we've all uh, traded out. I'm due to be the next one to go in by myself overnight. And often she'll spend the night because sometimes they're, you know, like the, um, uh, what was it called? The Burn Bray Mansion is also mm -hmm. bed and breakfast, right? So it's a haunted bed and breakfast. So she'll spend the night by herself and live stream her sleeping and doors opening and stuff like that. So wow. so it's an extra two, uh, however long. <laughs> she doesn't sleep very long, apparently. She gets no. up really <laughs> quickly and gets the heck out of there. Well, maybe I should come out there and it should be a special edition of uh, Not So Alone and Scared, where you and I are the Shaggy and Scooby of this deal. And <laughs> 
I'll just follow around and be like, rot, roll, rot, uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> well, that's what somebody said. This show is very much like a live interactive Scooby-Doo episode. That's awesome. And somehow I'm shaggy. I don't know how that happened. But well, I figured I between the it. two of us, you at least had more of a shaggy look than I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Of course, so, that's why I'm not an actor. I'm not thinking outside the box enough, I guess. I'm acting like a man with hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm convinced. Thank You're, you. Yeah. One of those upside down pictures. You got the. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. The woolly willy pictures from the 80s with the magnetic uh, wand and all the little magnetic bits. That's right. So you get to go uh, kind of vicariously watch these people ghost on be part of this. But what I found fascinating, especially in that clip, is I have that happen a lot on my show while I'm doing the show. Sometimes we'll start talking about like. Um, alien agenda and you know all of a sudden we're talking about the fact that what is the government covering up and my power goes out or <laughs> i lose connection or one of my guests are like yeah and it was at that moment that i saw all right and they freeze and like we can't get them back and it's so i i can feel you in that moment first of all it's you want to be uh, afraid and and uh, alone be on a live show and have the only other person with you stop talking <laughs> yeah right on screen yeah, then you're really alone uh, yeah. yeah, but but everybody, it's not that clip just showed me, but each right. uh, one of us who aren't ghost hunting have had bizarre electrical things happen, not just to the computers, but uh, uh, Haley Michelle's lights started going on and off while we're and all we're looking at is like, what you in a disco? What's going on? And she's like, I don't know. The, the lights just started randomly going on and off and, uh, you know, all sorts of weird things. And and. Uh, you know, I don't pretend to be psychic, but very uh, uh, others, um, Michelle and Richard Lell, uh, do connect psychically to stuff that's going on. And and, and uh, Richard Lell Lillard actually will paint, live paint, an acrylic painting that uh, is about the place and details about it that he'll just come up with that then we do research afterwards and it looks incredibly similar to the woman who died there or the car that went off the cliff nearby, you know, stuff like that. He will paint those details in and we're like, what? And so he offers those paintings to the owner of the house that's haunted first. And if they don't want it, he sells it off his website. So it's going to feel that the owners are like, no, thanks. <laughs> well, I believe he charges uh, a fee. It doesn't just I, offer I it out of the nice to be of his heart, but, uh, I do have two of his prints in the Dean Haglund Naked and Alone series. So wait, what? What? He said he psychically paints you. uh, One, you look a lot like the George Costanza pose from (laughs) Seinfeld. (laughs) Oh, now you just put a horrible image in my head of myself. Well, and the tens of listeners right now have that same image. Tens of them. Tens of listeners. (laughs) I love a hit show. Yeah, well, you know, you start off small and build, you know, you know, yeah. I'm a grower, not a shower. That's the way I like to look at it when it comes to my program. Uh, and I, I got to tell you, I maybe it's the dad in me, but Richard's line about a mime is a terrible thing to waste absolutely made me snort when I watched it the first time. As it was going, I'm just watching the scene. I'm like, what's going on? Then you're like, and your voice is gone. And he goes, a mime is a terrible thing. I went, <laughs> had this, I couldn't grasp enough air. It was awesome. But I love that it's that interactive play between you guys and that there's Absolutely. always something to watch, even if the ghosts aren't making themselves present. Right. And we, uh, you know, we also, uh, David P. Sloan is a meticulous researcher. So he'll mm-hmm. find all sorts of things about the location and it's a different location every week. And so, uh, you know, we can go to historical detail. We can go to uh, whatever Courtney's freaking out about in real time. And then, you know, I have the ability to sort of pop all over, talk to people. I'm sort of the host air traffic controller, as it were, to all the action going on. So uh, it works uh, great because, A, I, you know, the only ghost sense I've been on before was with you right, uh, in the Queen Mary and right. then hosting... That uh, six-hour 
uh, thing at the Trans Allegheny Lunatic <laughs> Asylum. Yeah, right? That six-hour thingy, also known as the highest-rated Travel Channel TV show ever, The Ghost Adventures Live Halloween. That was not their highest-rated, was it? Yeah, at that time, I believe it was the highest-rated oh, show. God. It blew up ratings. Like disaster! Oh my gosh! It was. It, I thought it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of great moments when the host comes out. And he goes, "Here we are in old West Virginia." <laughs> <laughs> that's that's. I did say that. Yeah. And you uh, stopped and froze for just that one second. You're like, what, "Did I just say West, West Virginia?" Virginia. <laughs> well, and they made me do a two-hour Q to Q rehearsal with ten minutes then to put on the side the top like. Do I get a, a meal oh. here? Anything? No. And then, oh, and then the caretaker. I that take off my glasses. You're making me fog up my glasses. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard. Well, you were fantastic. Thank uh, you. Uh, you know, the guys did their job. The guests. Sure. I mean, the guy with the smoke machine, and then he threw his K2 meter going and got knocked hey, out of my head. The spirit might have pulled it out of his hand, Dean. That was <laughs> ah. pretty. I, I do love that moment. I should find that online. It is one of my shining moments because you remember all the producers came in. They're like, we have to address this, but we can't just call this guy out. Yeah. What do we say? And I'm like, I got it. I got it. Like, what can you tell? I'm like, no, just let me roll with it. And then you're doing your thing and you go, let's go to Dave in the nerve center. And I go, well, we've seen what you guys had to say. There was a lot of interaction about this. And here's the actual footage we saw. And you see him holding the K2 meter up and then he flicks his wrist and it goes flying. Now in the dark, the guys can't see that. They right. just hear it. And he's like, it tore it out of my hand. I go, so... We're going to leave it up to you, the viewer. Was it this, that, or intentional grounding? We'll be back with more. And went, went away, and they came in. They're like, "Yes, you saved it. We didn't have to take the heat, but we admitted we saw what took place." Yeah, but, uh, but then three o'clock in the morning. Okay, right. I want to thank Zach, Nick, and Aaron. They go, I get strong armed by Nick. Right, just hey, out of the way. <laughs> hey, did you throw that thing? <laughs> oh my god! Way, we're out of the building and we're out of control. That was I know, awesome. I know. But even the caretaker said that was the quietest night he'd ever seen in that asylum because they brought in the, the big truck, uh, satellite truck that they used for the Indy 500. And there was yeah. only like four cameras you had to plug in. So you had another 300 channel bays just blasting microwaves for no reason. And, you're yeah. like, and the ghosts yeah, are like, screw this. We're out of here. Yeah, totally. You just cleared any... The uh, subparallel electrical activity completely out of the asylum and probably for the whole state using that thing. So, <laughs> so. However, I've never been able to have a child since. Is that a problem? <laughs> <laughs> that thing sterilized me for crying out loud. <laughs> I'm not sterile and balder than I was before I went in that building. <laughs> but it was a great time. It, what's your take on, I mean, obviously when you first started coming to our events at the Queen Mary, uh, you know, we brought you in. You were one of the guys from the X-Files and the Lone Gunman, and you were doing comedy, and we thought it would be a great little entertainment bit. But you got to actually steep and be a part of it. Um, how do you rate where you were 14 years ago when you started doing our events to now with your belief in in ghosts and, and actual hauntings? Yeah, well, I've seen a lot uh, more than I did 14 years ago. Uh, things, you know, that you can't explain, even just doors opening or things moving um uh from being just in live but also on a lot of these video shows uh because right. i the other one that's coming out soon the uh this old haunted house where mm -hmm. they're renovating in some of those episodes he just he's pointing going look that thing's moving right now there's no wind in here and you're like okay that's pretty weird so yeah. so but i always say um you know uh in physics quantum mechanics, uh, in mathematics, the mathematics says there are 13 other dimensions that we are living in right now, but just this can only record three and the perception of time, which may not be a dimension. So you got 13 other dimensions, perhaps more that we know are here mathematically. So yeah, absolutely. If something uh, realms from three dimensional to other dimensional in and out, we're going to see it as paranormal when, right. in fact, come the future when we can actually uh, build something that could read that, we will have, you know, uh, it will no longer be paranormal. We'll switch it over to science at that point. The real bummer yeah. about this is in um, fourth, fifth, and sixth dimensions, I have hair and really tight abs. I'm just hoping <laughs> that we can find a way to connect with that. 
You may so be mistaken that with parallel, parallel universes. That might no, be- no, it's it's me. It's just in those levels you see more detail. Right in 3D, you get to see all of it. 4D, my hair and my my abs are much tighter. This is just, it's all right there. Yeah, yeah I know. TV adds close to 100 pounds and no hair. So I don't know if you're aware of that. That's why you had to wear a wig on the X-Files, right? They just had to add on because it, it seems to subtract hair. No, that was my real hair on the X-Files. Wow, had, really? Yeah, yeah. The, the glasses were fake, but the hair, I had not cut my hair since I play in university in, in 87. And so by the time 93 rolled around, when that started, that was my real hair. So when I came into audition, they, they didn't know what the gunmen were supposed to be or what they were like. And so first I come in and they go, yeah, let's start there. <laughs> Long hair, <laughs> Wayne's World fella. Yeah, there, we'll start right. there. Then we needed a narky guy in a suit. So then I read continually with other actors, uh, but not Bruce Harwood. He actually just got cast. He was just on the set that day. And then the director said, we need somebody short like the uh, first AD, sort of Weasley. And that was Tom Braidwood. He was the first AD. And they said, ah, Weasley. Just, and it was Tom Braidwood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get that guy. Okay, perfect. <laughs> and that's how the lone gunman came together. So hilarious. That's awesome. Do you, um, in, in doing all this now in the work and actually kind of putting yourself out there more for the paranormal, what's the weirdest thing you've experienced either on this show or personally now? Uh... Well, I'm I'm shocked at the uh, electronic failures at <laughs> Brandon Center, and right. uh, yeah, I mean, I had to buy a second uh, graphics card uh, for my home built system here, and you know, I put that together myself for crying out loud. And, Wait a minute. Uh, so the true nerd lone gunman, his biggest aspect of what's the weirdest thing? Well, I've had to buy a new graphics card <laughs> for my system, Dave. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, I, paid like, I got knocked thing. on my ass at the Whaley house and lifted <laughs> and thrown backwards into a bathroom and tore my back open with a scar this big. What was I the most impactful that. thing to you, Dean? Well, I I had to I blew a hard drive once <laughs> and I had to get a new graphics card. This place is out of control. <laughs> okay. might be a little I too see, insular from saying. the paranormal world here. <laughs> yeah, I haven't got been I'm not thrown backwards yet. And my back ripped open. I do remember you telling me that story. Uh, That was a while ago, too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thanks for watching. What? Thanks for watching. Now we know why the show didn't get picked up for three. Yeah, I remember you telling me that story. Oh, you were on a TV show? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, Well, this ends the friendship, I guess. No, not at all. Hey, look at it. This is the way I look at it. How many episodes of Lone Gunman did you guys get? Uh oh! What our, our spinoff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did thirteen episodes. I did twenty three of the Holzer Files, so I kind of feel, and I got two seasons out of it. So I'm kind of—I don't want to say I'm a contemporary of yours, but you know, I mean, <laughs> you're in there. I mean, you were on no. sliders and a couple other programs, but you know, I, we all have to start somewhere. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sliders. Uh, I love when I'm watching something and I'm like powering through an old series and Dean just randomly shows up in an episode. I'm like, what the hell is Dean? And I always take a screen cap and text it to you. And I'm like, who the the hell is this guy? I know. I get that. uh, Somebody just watched a Bones episode, just did the same thing. Oh, right. Texted me. Hey, look, you're on the thing. So funny. (laughs) You're on the thing. And you're like, what? What show is that? I remember somebody telling me about that. Yeah, right? I didn't know. Oh, well. Now, for, for listeners uh, that are interested and viewers here, tell us a little bit about the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour. Oh, yeah. So uh, Phil Ernest is the other fellow in that picture there. Uh, mm-hmm. We were co-producers and had shared uh, production offices side by side. And uh, every Monday, we go to get together and talk about movies we watched. And our uh, intern said, hey, this is really entertaining. This is my favorite part of the week, you two guys talking. Uh, you should make it a podcast. And that year was uh, 2007. And we've been putting up a free show every Monday uh, for uh, going on 16 years now. Wow. Believe it or not. So, yeah, there's no monetizing. We so, fake so our people get their money's and- worth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because what, what are you paying for that, really? So it's a free podcast going on for 16 years. That's and awesome. uh yeah, uh, so much has changed. 
and uh, you can get some of the old episodes and hear the new ones at chillpackhollywood.com or wherever you find your fine podcasts in the world. Very good. And we do have a link up for that for their website. And also we have a link up so you can find more information about live scared and alone. You can also find it at scaredandalone.com. How often are new episodes of scared and alone coming out? Well, we're trying to do every Saturday night, uh, eight till 10 Eastern time. Uh, but it's about lining up places, you know, and getting, uh, everybody coordinated in terms of getting somebody there that has the time to drive to that state to, you know, spend the night there, uh, getting everyone else, uh, making sure they can all be in front of their computers and not have, uh, life interrupt everything. And so, uh, so from uh, we think in this Saturday throughout the summer, every Saturday night, we're going to be doing. A scary yeah. Well, I know so. I talked to your producers and I said, how does a guy get to be one of those talking heads on an episode? And he said, let's work it out straighter. So hopefully I'll get to join oh, you for an be upcoming fun. episode. Yeah, we'll just have fun. this banter between us. It'll be, yeah. <laughs> what you, well, you know, I'm a serious guy. Yeah. Abducted and stuffed in an <laughs> attic. I never. I understand. I, you you will be the humor anchor on this. I'm just there to watch and have fun. So we will uh, we'll be there for it. Uh, Dean, it's always a pleasure catching up with you, man. Thank you so much for coming on and spending some time with me today. And uh, for people that are interested in keeping up with you, what's going on in your world? Uh, new projects aside from uh, uh, Alone and Scared and, and yeah, this old haunted uh, house? Yeah, well, the, uh, this old haunted house that I referred to will be coming out uh, with well, maybe a streaming service that I can't mention. And then um, whisper it uh, to me. I'll mention it. <laughs> it starts with X clicks. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with X clicks. Right. The and then of course uh, I. This is my art studio actually. So I'm painting a lot, and I have a gallery show coming up uh, in the fall. So I should not be talking to you, but actually going over there with a paintbrush and get cracking. <laughs> No and when you when you have other time, you're you're building steam rooms for celebrities. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I moved to Michigan what three years ago, and it was like, uh-huh. oh, you know, it'd be great a steam room. And somehow I just focused on that, and everything else went to hell. And so now yeah. I've gone full circle. Excellent. Well, <laughs> Dean, you take care of yourself, sir. Thank you for joining me and being a part of this. And I uh, wow. wish you a lot of success on the programs. And we'll, we'll catch up again here soon. I can't wait, Dave. Thank you, Dean Hagland. Always a pleasure catching up. We have to take a quick break. When we come back, Lady Anne has some stories of supernatural hijinks to share with us. We've got that and more right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap, read a book, or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However... There are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on. And if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. Betterhelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. 
Lots of great events coming up very soon, July, right around the corner, and you get a chance to see me at the New, Jer- New Jersey Para Unity Conference, or you can see me out at the Clackamas County Fairgrounds for the uh, Bigfoot Festival, which is going to be a lot of fun. I hope you guys will come out and check it. Right now, we're going to revisit a little segment I like to call By the Book, and today's book we're going to feature is called Speaking to shadows. And uh, this is a really cool book. It's one that I've got in my collection. I like it. An ancestral curse unleashed over a town deep in the bayou for revenge and control. This is a novel. What ghostly shadows stalk the night in the bayou? Well, this historic tale promises to keep you awake at night. There's ghosts, voodoo, and haunted history that shroud over these haunted swamps, leaving a string of mysterious deaths and strange items strewn about town. Fear and hysteria take over an entire town when multiple reports of a shadow figure stalk the night, initiating curfews and warrants, investigations. Bodies are bound and found with their faces contorted into eternal grimaces as if they witnessed an assailant just before death. What is thought to be logical explanations for death is quickly turned to foul play. We have a link up to the book, or you can find it in my shop at paranormal60.com. Then click the store link. You can visit my Amazon store for that and a bunch of other great paranormal-themed books, gifts, and more. Bookmark it and make all your purchases through my link, even if it isn't our items. A very small promotional amount of every sale goes my way to help with this show and production, so please consider that while making this purchase. We're joined now by our guest, Lady Anne. Lady Anne is a lifelong experiencer of the paranormal and supernatural, a storyteller, and writer at heart. She's also the hostess of a podcast called The Caravan, Library of Lore, and the owner of a paranormal digital broadcasting station called KPNL Radio. Lady Anne began learning to read tarot intuitively at the age of 15 and became a Reiki master at the age of 25. And as the mother of three children, she also has a passion for teaching as well as studying medicine and natural remedies. Lady Anne strives to educate herself in the occult and magical workings among many other topics, too many as a matter of fact to name here, as she believes in being the eternal student. She is here with us this evening. She is uh, here to talk about her book, Aperture in the Veil, Born in a Preternatural World. Welcome to the show, and thank you for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I got to tell you, at first, I thought I was hallucinating. I was like, I'm seeing a ghostly figure above your head, and it's Edgar Allan Poe. So (laughs) for just one brief moment, I lost my mind, but I'm glad that it's kind of back. (laughs) Lady Anne, talk to me. Let's uh, tell people about the book. How? uh, What's the idea behind this? Is the Diaries of Lady Anne? So obviously, it's from your explanations and your uh, Mm -hmm. examinations and, and experiences with the paranormal. Yes, yes. It actually started out as something that I was just writing for my children, because as a lifelong experiencer, I wanted it just in case anything was to ever happen with, you know, to me, then and my children were to have experiences, they would have something that they could go back to, and that they could read and that they could understand that even though this stuff is spooky and and supernatural and paranormal, it's a very real part of our world, at least from my experiences, uh, you know, because there's so much that the human eye can't see, so much that mm-hmm. our ears can't hear. So, you know, it starts off with, I mean, my very first memory was I was being babysat. And my father had mm-hmm. dropped me off and there was this big, beautiful picture window. And I remember the sun was rising and it was this beautiful oranges and pinks and everything. And as I sat there, and I was only about a year old, I sat there and I looked out at this and I thought, wow, I came back. And that's my very first memory. Really? So you became aware of the fact that this was a reincarnated life that you were in right now? Yes, exactly. And there was yeah. just like a calm knowing, or was it kind of like a holy crap, this th- that awakening? It no, it was very calm. It was very, uh, b- but I was also excited. There was that mm-hmm. excitement going, wait a second, I got to come back. And from there, my memory just kind of goes to being in my crib. And I remember looking through the slats down the long dark hallway, and I could see shadow entities. Sometimes it would be a figure like a, 
a human figure and it always felt more like a masculine energy or you could see hands wrapped around the corner of the wall again just all like a like a shadow um so i've experienced all of this from my earliest memories and i got to that point where i was like okay as I get into this world, being a podcast host, owning the radio station, I really need to start writing all of this down, especially because I started to go on ghost hunts. And, and I let's realized face it, time somebody could open the blinds and sun yeah. could get you or somebody could drive a stake through your heart. <laughs> I'm noticing yeah. by your vampire fangs, you have reasons to be afraid. Hey, there you what go. What if comes with too much garlic on top? Boom, you're hey. gone in a puff of smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I actually very much like garlic. <laughs> right. oh, you're flying in the face of, of logic in the vampire world. <laughs> yep. Yep. But uh, yeah. So, you know, it got to the point where I had went, I started to travel and I went to Ohio. And one of the very first times, you know, I just want people I, to realize the absurdity of that statement. And then I decided it was time to travel. So I went to Ohio, which is like, <laughs> nobody wants to go to Ohio. That's the first choice you made was Ohio. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, I mean, the first time that I traveled was over to Arkansas to a paranormal convention. But I went to Ohio because I was best friends with uh, Heather Mosier from Small Town Monsters. She's okay, gotcha. over in Ohio, so I went to visit her, and for my birthday, they had, uh, we were going on an official ghost hunt. This was the first ghost hunt that I had ever been on, and it was at the Ohio Infirmary. I was really excited, and, you know, I've always been really sensitive to energies and people and everything, so I thought, you know, okay. You know, how, how does this all work? And everybody was just kind of getting their equipment out and everything was really chill. There, there was, you know, I didn't feel fear. So I had asked, I said, can I, can I go? Can I adventure off? And they said, sure. And so I did. And I just kind of, I followed this, this energy where I just kind of, I, I just went with this flow and I ended up finding myself in the basement. Well, in the basement, it definitely felt off, if you will. There, there, at that point, I did start to feel a little bit of fear. So I'm going around and I see this corkboard that has music on it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to hum. I'm going to hum because it, you know, raises the, the energy, the vibration. Mm -hmm. It's happy. And so I decide to start humming what I see on this, this sheet of music. And I get to the end of this hall and I feel it's like this hand goes up the back of my head into my hair. I mean, just as real as you and I, and I, and I freeze at that moment and I, boom, I'm, I'm running up all flights of stairs and I run out to where everybody is. I'm as white as a sheet and they're looking at me and one of them laughed and said, you ran off, didn't you? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> But I didn't, I, you know, these kinds right. of things I felt would be really rare. And after I gathered myself, I thought, okay, what are the chances of that happening again? So I wandered off by myself again. Mm. But nothing else ever happened. Lady nothing Anne, else ever have you did. never seen a horror movie? <laughs> at what point, how many times does Michael have to swing at you with his large knife or Jason with his machete before you're like, what are the chances if I just keep walking in the woods, something weird like this will happen again? <laughs> true, true. I mean, it was my first ghost hunt. And from what I've experienced, it seems that uh, it, it can be a rare thing to have something so physical happen mm. more than one time. I'll have to take your word on that. You know what, though, as you talk about reincarnation and something else mm -hmm. you said really kind of hit me, right? We talk about the fact now science believes that there are genetic memories shared throughout our lineage, yes. right? We know mm -hmm. what happens with animals. How does an animal know to be born and to suckle and to walk off or forage? How does it know what to do? It's because these genetic memories are part of their makeup. And think about mm -hmm. how many people in scary situations that aren't paranormal investigators that haven't done this. Kids uh, mm -hmm. think that we whistle when we're alone in the dark or we are humming or singing a song to ourselves. And it's interesting because you say, 
you know, it raises the vibration, it changes mm -hmm. that, and, and the acoustics of um, a situation can legitimately change the atmosphere. People, maybe this is an innate ability, an innate memory in people to kind of, when you're in those moments of heightened terror, to try to bring the level up by whistling, right. singing a song. I don't, that just struck me right now. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's fascinating because back when I was I was 15 years old and I began to go to something called healing group and in healing group, we were learning. That's where I got my Reiki mastery. So okay. I was learning about energy and vibration and and we'd always have, you know, like mantra type music on as we were running Reiki on everyone. And that was that was kind of the very first lesson that I received when it came to doing um cord cutting, um, healings or house blessings or house cleansings was, uh, you know, we'd have the singing bowls and we would run those right. or I would sing. So yeah, definitely. All right. I, I know time's slipping away from us here and you had a couple <laughs> of stories that you wanted to share with us that were really kind of creepy yes. and impactful to you. So please, uh, and again, these these stories are featured in the book, correct? Yes, they are. They are. The very first one. Uh, and and let me stories. mention to people, there's a link to your book on our page today so people can find it uh, in, our, in our guide for the program. You can also find it by going to uh, paranormal60.com, clicking on the storefront and entering our Amazon gift shop there uh, to find all the books and, and cool stuff. But go ahead. Yes. So both of the stories, it took me quite some time to even be able to tell these on air. Uh, the very first one, especially because when you when you grow up having all of these different experiences, you can hear something fall in another room. You can see a door open and close. And, and for me, at least, you become used to that. But when you see something actually manifest in front of your eyes, it is a completely different game. So one night I was standing out on the patio. I was in an apartment complex that I used to write for. They had a newsletter and it was during uh, the month that we have Earth Hour. And I thought, oh, you know, that would be wonderful to be able to participate in Earth Hour and we'd be able to see the stars because we were right on the outskirts of town. But I wasn't sure how I could, you know, really ask the managers to, to do that. So I'm standing out on the patio and off to my left, down towards this path, there's this really big cloud of smoke. And I'm watching it and I'm thinking, you know, maybe somebody's vaping, you know, because this is a huge, and there's no, there's no fog, there's no wind, nothing. So I'm looking to try to see, is there a person down here? And I see, I see this cloud of smoke take form. It, become, it becomes this, this humanoid-looking alien thing that just, he just forms out of this, this cloud of smoke. And he walks down this path. And he walks like we do, you know, swinging, swinging arms and, and everything. And as I'm standing there, I, I'm trying not to think too much because what if it's psychic? What if, what if it can hear me? It'll know that I'm standing there. So I, so I just try my best to clear my mind and I'm holding my breath and I'm just, you know, of course I don't have fight or flight. I have freeze and I'm watching it and it goes down this walkway to the point where it just vanishes. It, it's like it passed through this invisible door and it was just gone. So here I am frozen and I'm thinking to myself, if I turn around, if I turn around to get back inside my house, is there a chance it could just appear behind me? Could it prevent me from going inside? But eventually I'm able to move and I, and I have to get inside and I, I open the, the door and I go in, I shut the sliding glass door. I shut the blinds and I call my sister. I'm hysterical. And normally that doesn't happen again. You know, you, you grow up having, seeing shadow entities, UFOs, what have you, hearing weird noises. This was on a completely different level. So I call her and I'm hysterical. She's calming me down. And I realize that the window in my children's room is open. It's open. The blinds are open. And I, and I need to get it closed. So I run into their room. 
and I already have my phone out and I shut the sliding or the, you know, the window and I feel that something is staring at me and I look up and out of the window across the, to the other unit, it's the same thing. It's the head, it's the eyes. It is now in the window of this other apartment complex. And so I'm telling my sister this and I already have the phone out. All it takes is two buttons to open up the camera and she's talking me through it. So I take a picture and I, you know, shut the window and release the blinds and I sent the, the picture to my sister and I deleted it. I, I, I told her, you keep it. I, I don't know if there could be like an energetic tie between myself and this thing by having the photograph. You keep it. And if I decide that I want to talk about it, then, you know, send it back to me. It took me about a year to be able to share this and talk about it. Um, I have had the photograph looked at. And so far, I mean, you know, because here again, debunk it, that's fine, you know, because then, you know, it was so powerful that I would be fine if somebody was to clearly be able to show that it was my imagination or something. However, uh, to date, I have not been able to have the photo debunked. You're muted. muted me as I flipped onto the other page. I'm trying to pull up the images that you sent me of this to share. Uh, for some reason, oh. they didn't load in. So I'm trying to uh, to pull those back up in our conversation and uh, mm -hmm. share them. And, and my system is refusing, refusing to let me into it. Uh, so huh. what I'll do is I'll, I'll try to have these pictures um, added uh, to my website so that if people go to paranormal60.com, I'll, I'll try to have these images up so people can go see them for themselves. And they were weird. And, and I got to tell you, when people send me pictures and you had originally reached out to me and, and asked mm -hmm. me to take a look at these pictures, I always kind of like, Oh God, what kind of crap am I going to look at oh, that? Yeah. I have to try to feign interest in. And I was like, Oh, now that's something weird. That's something interesting. And again, I'm always open right. to people's thoughts and concepts on this and what they think might be causing, uh, mm -hmm these images and they're they're very strange very strange yeah no it's uh you know because i i thought about pareidolia and mm. i i've shown it to other people but everybody sees the exact same thing that i see and for it to look exactly the same way that you described that, it right exactly it was just it, incredible so that one that that is definitely in the book, and I do have the photographs in the book for that one. Uh, the other story that really shook me and took me a while. This well, then just back... get the book, folks. Again, so <laughs> you, you're going to see better picture than what will show up on here anyway. But get the book, the Diaries of Lady Anne, Aperture in the Veil, and uh, the pictures are included inside the book, so you'll get a good view of that. But uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Anne. Yes. Um, so the other story, which happened, this was last August. This was something I never expected to happen. You know, you, you're in this field and you hear everybody else's stories. And it's not like I was ever discounting anyone. Mm -hmm. It's just that there are certain things that I felt were not going to be a part of my reality. I didn't want to claim that. It just, I, so, you know, mm -hmm. well, I had, again, back to Ohio for another ghost investigation. And when we were doing the ghost investigation, it was really interesting because we had somebody on the Estes method, which is where you have the noise canceling headphones and you're blindfolded and you're listening to the SB seven or whatever spirit box you have. And you're calling out whatever it is that you're hearing through the static. Well, there was a lot of information on the land about the land and something being lost, something being disconnected. So I thought, okay, well, maybe we need to be doing this ghost investigation in the woods. Well, we pack up, we get all of our stuff and we get in this little, uh, you know, four wheel vehicle and we go out into the woods and we set everything up. And right when I walked in and I should have 
I should have thought about this. See, in the Pacific Northwest, when you're out here in the woods, which I've gone camping, I was in search and rescue, and it, it's quiet. But over there in Ohio, it is like an orchestra. All the bugs and everything. And I, and I never thought about that. So when I walked into this location, and it was silent, and they asked me, oh, how are you feeling? I was like, no, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. You know, I wasn't thinking anything. So we set everything up. I sit down and as I'm sitting, I can hear something off to my right. And it sounds like bipedal footprints or footsteps. And you can, you can hear it in the leaves. And I'm thinking, okay, it's clearly bipedal and it sounds big, but maybe I'm just scared. Maybe this mm -hmm. is a, a bird. This is, this is something else or, you know, what have you. So I try to ignore it. So I sit there. And then there is this low guttural growl that you, you can feel it. And it makes you feel sick. And at that point, I'm scared. But I look at, at who I'm with and nobody has a reaction. Nobody hmm. heard it. So I stand up and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to have my back towards this area anymore. And I get a flashlight and I'm standing there with my flashlight and I'm looking and I look over and just out of reach, just out of reach of the light on this tree, you can see this silhouette of what looks like a Sasquatch. And I'm standing there and I'm thinking to myself, I didn't come here for you. This is not why I'm out here. I'm out here to do ghost stuff. There is no way. There is no way this is what I am going to encounter. So I, I move the flashlight. And as soon as I move the flashlight, you can hear a really loud open hand smack against the vehicle that we, that we rode in on. The other people that I was with, they heard it. And they, they just kind of laughed. Like, oh, you know, we're getting, um, you know, uh, responses. Well, when you're doing ghost investigations, sounds are a part of it, you know, mm -hmm. creaks and slams and all that kind of thing. They weren't thinking of Sasquatch yet. They were still in ghost hunting mode. Right. <clears throat> so I get to the point where I'm standing there and now I'm frozen. And they ask me, they're like, are you okay? And I was like, you nope, nope. I want to go out to the field. <laughs> Define okay. we, right. we need to go now. Because I, I definitely also felt like we were in something's territory. Mm -hmm. Well, we get in the in the vehicle and we go out to the field. And as we're out there, I'm like, okay, this feels better. I'm okay now. I can do this. We can continue from here. Well, that was when my friend gets out her cell phone. And she plays the 1994 Ohio Howl recording. You can find it on YouTube. And, and the same sound, the same sound, so loud, same cadence comes out of the woods where we just were. I mean, and, and it just, it filled the air. And as I'm standing there and I'm listening to this, this howl, I'm just... Uh, I'm just thinking, wow, monsters really do exist. Then I'm frozen. And then all of a sudden you hear, it's like it ripped a tree out of the ground and smacked it against another tree. And at that point, I'm like, go, go, go. You know, we need to leave now. So they start the vehicle and, and we, we left. And it was absolutely terrifying. So we get back to, to base camp. And there's about an hour of time when I'm just trying to to relax and and get over what just happened because it was a mm -hmm. shock well <clears throat> i decide okay there are two camps that i've seen by you know having a show and interviewing people there's some people that believe that sasquatch is something as regular as a great panda Whereas the other camp will believe that Sasquatch could be interdimensional and ride along with UFOs and, and all that kind of thing. So I thought, okay, what if we try to use the Estes method to communicate with it? 
So Ooh, we go outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we go outside and we and we get uh, set up again. And as our uh, as our person is is hooked up to all of this, you can hear footsteps coming down the ridge, and you can feel like you're not alone. And then all of a sudden, um, one of the other party members turns on a flashlight, and they're looking, you know, looking with a flashlight. Mm-hmm. And the person on the SS method says, bright, too bright. So we shut it off. And there was no way. She was facing the opposite direction of the person with the flashlight. She had the noise-canceling headphones on, so you couldn't hear, you know, the flashlight turn on. So we turned off the flashlight. We apologized. And then all of a sudden, we look up. And there's this tree, and you can see that same silhouette again. And I'm not the only one that saw it. And then all of a sudden, the person on the Estes Method says, Look, you see me. And it was, I mean, I I still even just now have chills uh, yeah. thinking about it. And so as as we go on, they start to talk about how there has been this this disconnect between man and the earth. And they say we used to be worshipped, but now we're just a myth. All of this came through the Estes method. Wow. Well, it gets to the point where it's like they kind of, they start to retreat or they're disappearing. They're going away. And there's a completely different change in energy. And now this this other thing, it feels scary. It feels dark and it feels evil. And it began to, it, it mentioned children and it mentioned mm-hmm. certain nicknames. And it was the same nicknames for our kids. And <clears throat> at that point, now it's we getting cut personal. It off. Now it's getting yeah. personal and we were done. We we cut off the investigation at that point. Um, and what that left me feeling was, could there be multiple explanations for Sasquatch? Could it be that there is the flesh and blood, but also a shapeshifter that has these otherworldly abilities that can take that form? Because mm. it can it can read us and it knows our fears and it knows that we know what these are. So it was quite the wow. <laughs> quite the experience. So you've had this alien-like encounter. You've obviously had ghostly encounters through your life, energetic encounters doing Reiki and, and sensing and feeling things around you. And this, mm-hmm. this Sasquatch, uh, we're wrapping up here, but yeah, does it ever feel like too much? Mm. Does it ever feel like it's it's overwhelming? I would say no, just because I've grown up this way. If it was something that happened later on in life, yes, yes. But at this point, I don't know what life would be like without having these experiences. It's a good point. Very good point. Lady Anne, thank you so much again. We've got uh, the book and information on today's guide, so you can find it and get a copy. Make sure you get a copy, and then rate and review these when you get them, folks, so that it helps out all of our authors. It gives them more... um, viewership on places like Amazon or wherever you buy your books and moves them up in the ranking. So please rate and review these books as they become available. Lady Anne, if people wanted to get in touch with you or hear more about your programs and stuff, what's the best link for them to follow? Yes. So uh, I'm on uh, Anne Celine for Facebook. You can send me a friend request. uh, Give me a PM when you do uh, the Caravan Library of Lore and KPNL Radio. You can Google those. You can put that into Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and that'll come up immediately. We've got those links on today's program guide, so you can find it easily as well. Lady Anne, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. This is uh, my favorite part of doing the show, is getting to hear stories, getting to have people share and open up to us regarding what it is that they've seen and heard. We're not here to judge. We're here to experience and hear what others think. I'd like to thank my guests, Dean Hagland and Lady Anne. Check out the links that we have provided to keep up with them and their work. And thank you all for visiting the Paranormal 60 and allowing me along on your journey. May the darkness be a little more light with the information that we shared here.
Make sure to like this video and podcast. Subscribe and tell everyone you know about it. And for our new podcast listeners, welcome to the family. Thank you for joining us here on the best in paranormal programming. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is the Paranormal 60. Music